Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory, on Twitter, at RealCodyMallory. Once again, joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Dittmar, that's at AnthonyDittmar underscore on Twitter, and Joe Farrow, that is at SwampDragonStan on Twitter. How is it going, guys? What's good, bro? What's good, bro? Uh, Not a good stretch of Nets basketball the last two games. But aside from the Nets basketball, I had a pretty good Happy New Year. Hope you guys did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had a had a good week, uh, especially now today. I basically just clutched up like three three more fantasy ba- fantasy football leagues. So walking away <laughs> with a lot of cash this weekend. So aside from the Nets, I'm feeling pretty good. Retweet on that. I just won my league too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I can't relate. I've been in health and safety protocols for the last three days now so i've been chilling in my basement not doing a goddamn thing but t's and p's t's and p's at least i got cleared we we traded one for one (laughs) (laughs) bro i'm just saying as soon as i went to protocols our nets went zero and two so i mean i might be a little more valuable than you guys think but (laughs) wow i think i think i i'm like i'm like the patty mills of this podcast i'm the only one i'm like i'm the only (laughs) one staying strong knock wood you gotta keep praying you never know with this only <laughs> I know. Jinx yourself, man. You jinxed yourself. Yeah, you drink us. And you drink yourself and Patty Mills. Thanks. True. <laughs> yeah. Forget Joe. You drink Patty happened, Mills. I'll be so sad. I'll be so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm free Wednesday, so I got a couple more days of doing absolutely nothing. But like I said, I'm feeling all right. That's all that matters. You gonna? So you're telling me you're gonna be cleared by the time Kyrie Irving returns to the court? Ooh, I can, that might be the day I'm cleared. Me and Kyrie. Cody flying to Indiana. Cody flying to Indiana? I'll be in Chicago, like, the next day, so maybe I can make a little pit stop. <laughs> I don't know if I can pull that one off, considering I'm missing work, but maybe. <laughs> um, but anyways, besides, speaking of Indiana, kind of leads right into it. Anthony, take us away with around the league. So, yeah, like, aside from health and safety protocols, well, I guess this is on brands. The Pacers have a lot of players entering the protocols. Um, so the Nets are playing them Wednesday, and it could be the rumored debut of Kyrie Irving. We shall see either that or the week after the 12th. 
I think if I was a betting man, I'd guess it was the fifth based on what we're seeing so far and all the reports of Kyrie looking in shape. But yeah, aside from that, I guess the round of the league too important for the Nets. The Bulls actually passed the Nets in the standings. Um, they got back-to-back game-winning threes from DeMar Rosen, and that's going to be a battle for the rest of the year between the Nets and the Bulls. The Nets do not have a tiebreaker. I'm pretty sure they only played three times and they lost twice already. So I'm pretty sure they already lost that. So they have to beat them outright in the standings. They would lose any tie. But the just Nets one thing real quick. They were just back-to-back threes. They were back-to-back absolute prayer of threes. That just so happened to go <laughs> in. I want to throw out there. Team. Yeah. yeah, they were yeah. just like, oh, like a casual wide-open jump shot. Like, nah, they were like, holy shit, how did he make that? And then again, holy shit, how did he make that one too? Someone tweeted sold his soul to the devil. And I was like, he might have. <laughs> you really might have. Because he was like looking dead in San Antonio. Like, I thought his career was like kind of just yeah. falling off. He was like, retired. I'm not retiring, but like, he looked like a shell of himself. And he kind of just looks re energized being a, a true contender again. So happy for I him. He's a top 10 MVP candidate. I'm going to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably he's the first player to ever do that hit a buzzer game winning, buzzer beating shot on back to back nights. Not even Joe Johnson's done that. And he's had a lot. Yeah, of- no, but I think <laughs> the only other person to come close was Larry Bird. And that was consecutive games, but not back to back nights. That was wild. I thought it was like a fake tweet the second time. Like I thought it was like a repeat of the night or just saw like my timeline. Right there. And I was like, yeah, oh, God, you did it twice. I was like, there's no shot he did it again, right? <laughs> and then the second one was even more wild than the first. I was like, all right, whatever. The ball, I think the ball, I was getting a lot of ridicule for some of my Knicks fan friends saying the Bulls actually were a good contender this year. I know their bench is a little short, but they can fix that buyout mark and deadline. They have a really good good team, the Bulls. Like, I think they definitely are a legitimate throw with the Nets and the Bucks for like the top teams in the East. I guess you could throw Miami in that like same tier with all them too. I still think the Nets are the best team when they get Kyrie Irving back, but the Bulls definitely are a true contender, I would say. I don't if you guys would agree i agree yeah i, agree 100%. I, I don't think there's much doubt I and mean, i guess besides that I, Kyrie and clay top that's pretty much it for me. i think the bulls starting lineup is as good as anyone so I mean, maybe not the nets when they have the big three available but yeah i think to me patrick right to me patrick williams Kyrie. to me pat the patrick williams injury feels a lot like how the spencer dinwiddie injury felt to us last year where like it was so early in the year, and he, you know, he's a guy that you were going to rely on a lot this, a lot this year. Just like Patrick Williams, and then he goes down for the entire year, and now they're kind of scrambling, looking for, looking for uh, a little more depth, which is kind of what we did last year. And then we went out, we got James Harden, and then we, we went crazy on the buyout market. So it, it that it reminds me a lot. And Patrick Williams is a big piece for them, and it sucks that he's not there to experience this. On playoffs, you really only need, like, I'd say eight guys, and they already have, like, five to six. So if they can get, like, two more bodies that can just give you, like, some decent minutes, which I'm sure they can on the buyout market, like we said, uh, I think that they're definitely going to be a legit team. Like, they, right now they're a little thin, but they obviously can't really afford another major injury just the way their roster is constructed. But they definitely are legit. Like, there's nothing to be messed with. 100%. But yeah, that's pretty much around um, the league news. Let's throw it out there right now. Assuming the Nets play Wednesday, is Kyrie Irving playing? Anthony, yes or no? I'm going to say yes. Joe? No. Oh, God. You, know, you guys always make me got to do the tiebreaker. <laughs> no, I only, say, I only say no because I know how Nash is with these ramp-ups. And personally, I'm not going to be able to watch the game live on Wednesday because I'm going to say <laughs> going to AEW Dynamite, and I will not be able to watch that game. So I'm kind of praying that it's against the Bulls. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, man, so we got Joe being selfish tonight. He's that throwing Patty selfish, Mills bro. under the it's bus. Now, he, now he's I throwing am... Kyrie under the bus. <laughs> no, he. I think. I think just for my sake, he needs to ramp up a little bit more. Just saying. And um, actually looks great. I don't know what you're seeing. <laughs> um, I think he's gonna play. I think it's been that week. Nash had like one to two weeks. They all everyone's been saying he looks great. And at the end, the player gets what the player wants. And I think he's going to be in the lineup. Now, I think he's going to be on a minutes restriction. I don't think he's going to play 35 minutes, but I think he'll play. 20 minutes, I think, is a fair number. Yeah, can we count, like that can we count this as, with our uh, with our record standing? <laughs> well, we all got nothing last week, so I guess we can. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got, a big, we got a big schedule ahead this week. We got four games this week. Yeah, True. we missed the LA trip, by the way, but like it's kind of like weird with like the rescheduling and stuff. So we're just gonna call that. Yeah, yeah. we had no idea when they were gonna play, so and who was gonna play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, if you guys didn't know by now, we've all chose two wins for the Nets this week, and that obviously didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> we all yeah. still say it's five, four, three, me. I think it was five, me, four, Joe, three, Cody. Yeah, yeah basically, funny. moral of the story: Cody stinks. Yeah, Cody. Cody's <laughs> not good. Honestly. Yeah, whatever, guys. You know what? I always pick the record right for the week, but I pick the wrong games, which I think goes for something that I don't get any credit for. <laughs> you can take the moral victories. I'll take the real ones. I will. Uh, yeah. You know what, man? I will. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we do have to jump into the basketball that we saw play um, this weekend. Yeah. Let's start with Philly. Um, as I said on the previous episode, I was very excited to go to the game and sit with the brigade. <laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't happen as I woke up and had COVID on Thursday. I had some symptoms. I was feeling all right. I was like, oh, I, I can't go. It's bad. Bad luck. So I sold my tickets to Anthony. And then Friday, turns out I made a good decision. But anyways, Anthony, how was your experience sitting in the brigade section? So it was awesome. So at first I was like a little nervous because I didn't know like their energy level. Like I was like, am I going to fit in? Am I going to stick like a sore thumb? Is everyone like, uh, like know each other? But once I got there, it was like once I got through the arena and like the long lines, it happened to be the, the arena, right? The, the section right in front you enter. So it was actually super convenient. You walked right in. It was awesome. They gave us free hats, like winter hats. So we got free Red Bulls, too. It's in these nice little poppers you hit um, just to distract the free throw shooters. A lot of diehard Nets fans. I made friends with a bunch of them. I saw someone recognize me from Twitter. I think he knew Cody. I think he was the one that gave Cody the ticket. So it was cool talking with him. Um, it was awesome experience. Like you're standing up the entire game. The energy is insane. The fans are passionate. Just aside from the brigade itself, the arena was sold out. Like I didn't see, I've never seen Barclays that busy besides playoff games. And it was like every single seat was like someone was in even the top sections. It was an awesome experience in terms of just like energy levels. The brigade itself is like a whole nother level. It's kind of comparable to like a student section in like college where like you're standing the whole game. Like I said, it was cool game in general. Like the Nets played fairly well. It was like a game of runs. So it was kind of like, it was fun in that regard, but it kind of sucked the way it ended. It kind of left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. But overall, it was a great experience. If you haven't before, I recommend like trying to sit the brigade because I never thought I'd have an opportunity to. So that's why I thought it was a pretty cool experience. Sucked that Cody couldn't go, but it was fun that I got to. <laughs> Cody lucked out that he didn't win us a loss. So I hate going. I think it was my first loss at a Nets game. I think that might be my first one since Nets Bobcats in like 2011. And I really think I had like a like a 10 game winning streak snaps because I like can't remember the last time I went to a Nets game they lost even the bad years like I would go like Nets Kings games we won like t- 15 games and they still happen to win when I would go so 
kind of ruined my streak, Cody. Thanks. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was about to say. So you brought the so the code the bad Cody Juju comes with the ticket. <laughs> yeah, I think it whoever purchases it. So I guess I saw like Cody Mallory purchased them. So it was kind of just like, yeah, the Nets can't win. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I'd like to be known that I went to the Raptors game this year when it was Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, and, and rookies, and they won in overtime when Patty Mills hit that clutch three. Um, I got to give credit to Patty Mills. I really got to hope nothing happens to him now after Joe kind of gave him some <laughs> bad vibes early in the episode. Well, well yeah, you also me. can't leave out that you're the one who brought the COVID outbreak to the game. You got some allegations going on. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever going to try to go to another Nets game. The first one I go to, half the team gone. The second one I try to go to, I'm gone. So it just hasn't been going well for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Anthony, I hate you. I'm glad they lost because I'm petty and I'm bitter. But no, realistically, the game was sloppy. Um, obviously, I watched it on TV. The Nets turned the ball over a lot. Um, they just they got a bunch of players back. It looked like they were out of sync, truthfully, which is to be expected. They had 17 turnovers. Um, I don't know. It was kind of frustrating to watch because a lot of the turnovers, they weren't just like mistakes. They just were very like careless basketball where it was literally like a kind of even a lack of effort at times. Um, Nash threw out the lineup of the two bigs, which I tweeted out that I didn't like before the game started and I got blasted for it for some reason. Turns out I was probably right and I don't think they're ever going to do it again because the Nets are best when they play small. Even Steve Nash said in his presser after the game, yeah, we played big and it really slowed us down at times, which feeds right into Philadelphia's hand. I think they play at the slowest pace in the entire league, which obviously with Joel Embiid, you would expect that. Kind of like the Magic used to do with Dwight Howard back in the day, just not to that extreme. Um, But in the end of the game, once again, the Nets played like shit, but they still had a chance to win, which is obviously a very good sign. It came down to the clutch situation. Um, I don't really think Patty Mills is going to shoot one of eight from three very often. The Nets were seven of 27 from the game. Um, And like I said, they still almost won. It took that fourth quarter, last two minutes, and then for them to lose. They've been winning those games all year. And then Joel B with his nonsense after the game. I want to go out and say <laughs> it right now, live on this podcast, because we are recording live, obviously. The Philadelphia 76ers are my least favorite team in the NBA. More than the Knicks, more than the Lakers. There is no team I dislike more than the Philadelphia 76ers. And there are no fans in any sport I dislike more than Philadelphia fans. They are the absolute worst. I can't stand Joel Embiid more. That's that's the main one. I just can't stand. Honestly, no one else really bothers me on that team besides him. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Um, Their fans are horrible. Even, like, the Philadelphia Eagles fans, I'm a Giants fan. Their fans are just they like, bro. Remember the playoff series when the Nets were like D'Angelo Russell and them, and they went in to Philly and beat them game one. Their fans were booing their own team in the first half of game one in a playoff series. Like that's just they weren't incredibly gonna win this game anyway. Like they were heavy favorites, right? Well, we like, all we also all know that they were scared of Jared Dudley. 
So like, <laughs> what is a god though? Like Jared Dudley deserves like a he deserves a ring if the Nets win in this era because he put us on the map. I stand by that. I got fucking sorry for cursing. I got slandered. <laughs> <laughs> I got slandered for saying like winning that game one was so important for this Nets franchise, like over the long haul, because it put us on the map and just for guys to see us. I don't know if Katie and Kyrie had this in the works before that, but if they didn't and they saw that game, I'd say like that honestly gave them like at least a little bit more incentive to come. So I stand by that. Like maybe like it hurt that Joel Embiid it was annoying that he did that, but it may have helped us in the long run. But I still hate Joel Embiid. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, Joe Joel Embiid is a very annoying guy to go against just because like he's he's so skilled and at the same time he could just bully you all day if he wants which is exactly what he did against us the other night and it was it was it was frustrating to watch in the fourth quarter because uh it just seems every time we start to build a lead with this team it just goes back to us blowing it by with with like within five minutes left in the fourth and then we got a game on our hands again we have an issue i'm sorry continue no go ahead go ahead if the 76ers got a guy like Dame, which I don't think they will, because I don't think they're the personnel potentially, they are a nightmare. Heck, they're a nightmare for the Nets matchup wise because the Nets don't have a guy to guard Joel Embiid. Not like most teams do, but Aldridge is too slow. Claxton is too small. Blake is too small. There really isn't a guy they can double team. I think they'll be fine if they play the Sixers regardless because they just have more talent with the big three. But if they did get a guy like on that like Dame level, they patched the package like a Maxi, a Simmons, and a few other pieces. They really would be like scary for the Nets just because of that Joel Embiid matchup. There is no answer. Like I don't think there really is right. that many answers in the NBA, but the Nets especially just don't have a big body to like guard I'll him. Even, I'll even go yeah. further with that. If they were to get a dominant point guard like that, the Nets struggle to guard a dominant point guard as well. Yeah, we even saw against yeah. the Clippers with Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe. They struggled with them. So <laughs> let's hope James is in Portland. Let's just hope for that. Yeah, let's keep him out west. We don't want him to come in the east. The east. The East surprisingly has enough good players as it is right now. It's honestly the West is so top heavy. But it's Golden State, Phoenix. I guess we'll throw Utah in, even though they choke every year. There is only <laughs> the, the fourth good team. Like the East is deep. So the Nets. Yeah, the, East, the, East, I, the East is probably like six deep, really, when you think about it. But the, I I want to go back real quick because the Jared Dudley thing. He doesn't get enough credit for breaking Ben Simmons because he has not been the same <laughs> since then. And that's that's the major factor. That's going to lead to the success in Brooklyn because because uh, Jared Dudley lured – or Jared Dudley probably gave the feel <laughs> to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Comment about that game. What happened? Can we have a quick comment about that game? I don't know. It's like maybe a hot take, but I just kind of want to get it out there. I don't think the Nets really have great ball movement this season. They don't – a lot of – it just sticks in guys' hands. Like, I know Harden has some flashy passes here and there. Some of the lineups are very clanky with, like, James Johnson, Bembry, Bruce Brown, Claxton, guys that can't really shoot. Even with Kyrie and Joe Harris back, like, I'm not opposed to maybe flipping – like, I know everyone loves Bruce, but, like, flipping a Bruce Brown for, like, a guy that can actually shoot the ball a little bit. Like, I know we yeah. have more shooters back, but, like, if you think about it, Kyrie's only playing half the games as of now. Joe Harrison Mills, aside from that, it's all stars. Like, it's really not that many other threats. Like, Bruce Brown and Bembry are a little redundant, and Bruce has regressed a little bit from last year, if we're going to be completely honest. Yeah, that's the thing, because Bruce is going to hit unrestricted free agency this year, and that's that's a little bit scary. So, because, I mean, I don't know. He said he had other offers in the offseason last year, but he came back to Brooklyn on the qualifying offer. I don't know if he's going to do that again. So, I mean, it's something that you definitely have to look at. You have to weigh all options. But, I mean, if you have a guy like – you already have, like, DeAndre Bembry and James Johnson 
if you have an opportunity to 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 flip a guy like Bruce Brown, where you already have depth at the stuff that he gives you, that's an option you definitely have to look at. Because I, I don't know, sometimes the think- lineups out there is just like ugly. Like just one not- thing to just throw in with that is that Bruce Brown does have a no trade clause, so he would have to waive it. Which really, oh, he does because he accepted a qualifying offer, right? Yeah, I don't see why any player would ever accept a no trade clause or yeah. waive or agree to a trade out of Brooklyn when you have Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin unless Grant, you're going but- to like your home or like it's another contender where like it's like yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's Unless he was completely, completely out of the rotation and he wasn't playing at all. Because like you guys said, he's going to be unrestricted free agent. He's going to want to get paid this year, and he can't do that if he's not playing. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. That, 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 I just see some of the lineups out there. We run. There's really not a lot of good lineups. Like when Patty Mills – I know it's like a little fast forward, but like let's say Patty Mills gets in foul trouble or a guy doesn't play. Like it's just – there's not – like last year's team, we had more shooters. Like there was Tyler Johnson. There was Jeff Green. There was – like even Mike James could kind of shoot and like get sham it. Like – there's a lot less of those guys this year. Like those depth pieces now are guys that don't really shoot the ball. And when you have like weird clanky lineups out there, like like you don't have guys that are threats, and like you can just double team the stars, and it makes it tougher. Hundred percent. We'll go more in depth in that later, especially when we jump into Steve Nash. But anything else you guys want to talk about with the Philly game, Joe? You have anything you want to say about it? I kind of did my spiel. Frustrating to watch, but the Nets had a chance to win at the end, which is all that matters. No, I'm looking forward to playing them again. That's all I'll say. March 10th, right? When is it? It's early March. I know that. It's in, is March, it in Philly? Yeah. It's in Philly. Yeah, it's, in Philly. Philly. yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's over. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Squat out. <laughs> all right. Well, that's enough. That's all we got to say for that is we will see you in March, Joel Embiid, and I hope Kevin Durant waves you off the court. No, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving will see Joel Embiid in March. That's what it is. I hope we play them in the playoffs, honestly. Like, maybe second round. It's like, I'll take them. I want to, I want to beat them so bad. I'll take revenge. I feel that. Um, all right. Let's, I don't want to talk about it, but <laughs> unfortunately, it's on the schedule. The game happened. I'm trying to block out of my mind. <laughs> but the Clippers, I, I guess you could call them the Clippers. Like... I mean, they weren't really the Clippers, but they had the jerseys on. <laughs> oh, man. I don't <laughs> even know what awesome to say. Ugly Besides, stuff. like, frustrating, pathetic, embarrassing. Um, Kevin Durant said we showed up with an effed up attitude from the start. Steve Nash said we didn't deserve to win the game. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it comes down to. The Mets just – they had several opportunities to put a very undermanned Clipper team away. I believe they were missing 11 players, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they yeah. had J- James Ennis play 16 minutes and Lenny Gabriel play 14. The Nets and those two players best. couldn't get minutes on the Nets when the Nets were depleted, which shows kind of where they are. Um, obviously, they're all professional basketball players, but bad things happen when you let opponents hang around. And sure enough, a guy named Coffee. <laughs> He's like a Mike Coffee or 2K creative player. <laughs> yeah. It was. Eric, Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe gave us 27. What the hell? It was an Eric Bledsoe legacy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, that man, I'm saying the Nets, like I said before, the Nets struggle to guard point guards that can score because they switch everything, they get isolated onto a big. I mean, sure, Nick Claxton is a 
very good at perimeter defender for being a big, but still the advantage is for the most part going to be to a very good NBA point guard. Um, I, I don't really have anything I want to say about this besides forget it and move on. So if you guys want to throw anything out there, go ahead. I'll make it brief. Um, like I mentioned before, just like the fourth quarter lineups, like, like we have to like make sure we have better ball movement in the fourth. I feel like we like letting teams hang around has been a constant theme all year. Like I feel like there's been very few games we've blown teams out the water, and it kind of sucks from like resting guys standpoint, from like a winning the game type of standpoint, and like just like in general, it's just like beat the bad teams and put them away so you can take your victories when you can. And it's just one of those games where you you wish you could have it back. You hope it doesn't cost you in the standings long term. It's it's a this January first basketball game, so you really shouldn't let it hang on that long it just it's one of those like circle w's you had on the calendar kind of i think most nets fans kind of just like assume we won already before the game even started so it kind of hurts when you can't win one of those games but it's just got to forget about it like it's one of those worst loss of the year candidates i think last year's might have been the wizards game like the inbounds play i think this might be the <laughs> right now the worst God damn it, Anthony. I forgot about that game. You just brought it <laughs> back into my brain. I mean, that game was still worse. I think I'd still rather <laughs> like the way we did yesterday on New Year's Day than when we lost that game, making like a, a lesser of two evils type of thing. But yeah, overall, just one of those games where it's like, how'd you lose that game? There was no one playing, and you have two top 10 players on your team, and you should win that game. Sorry. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Anthony. Um, my only thing is. Like, we shouldn't have even been in this position when this call was made. But this one call, the when they called Bruce Brown for, uh, what was it, clear path foul on Terrence Mann underneath the rim? Yeah. What Like, what kind of sense? I didn't understand. I was, like, I was just confused. And I found it kind of funny because Bruce and Terrence in real life are, like, very good friends. Like, they're they're tight-knit them, too. And I, I, I really – I wasn't – I was just confused. I was like, under the rim, you're going to call a, a clear path foul when Bruce was going up to contest uh, a pump fake. I, it was just – it was confusing to me, but the loss sucked. We shouldn't have been in that position anyway. We should have had the game put away by a while before that. And that's basically all I got to say. Game sucked. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to really harp the refs for any loss because, like you said, they never should have been in that situation. But I don't know if you guys felt the same way I did. Um, I feel like I've never seen that many, like, late whistles in a basketball game in my entire life. There's usually, like, maybe one where it's like, oh, the shot, the layup didn't go in. You kind of got touched, so they called a foul on now. But, like, there was a bunch of those plays in that game, and it was just weird to see. Every other play, it felt like it was just a lot. Yeah. It was, like, kind of ruins the quality of the game, too. Like I'm stopping every five seconds, but fifty-six free throws in the game too. By the way, eleven. Fifty-six total free throws in the game. Yeah, that's that's nobody want. Nobody goes to a basketball game wanting to see that many free throws. I don't think we're going to a basketball game to watch coffee play either. But at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to win the game. Oh, All right, man, I get that digging It's my coping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on from that game. Kind of the last thing is like a very broad, but like, so I want to talk about kind of goes with the Clippers game, Steve Nash, the rotations and the team in general, like trades. So I also want to throw in that we have two Twitter questions. One's from Sean Marks Burner. 
Um, nice. Thoughts on Patty versus Joe in the starting lineup. Also, which rookies you think can be rotational pieces? And then there's one from at Ants Rants 103 that says is Steve Nash is the right coach for this team. <sighs> so I kind of view like this entire area of discussion as kind of one topic because they all kind of feed into each other. So I guess I'll start with Steve Nash. Um, I was in some Twitter spaces following the game yesterday, and they were pretty brutal. Um, I honestly felt a lot of people were saying some pretty ignorant stuff. Um, everyone was just screaming at each other. Some people were defending Steve Nash. Other people were saying Steve Nash sucks. The team's never going to win with Steve Nash. And then Eddie Gonzalez from Boardroom came into the spaces and was actually dropping some knowledge. He was like, you can't judge Steve Nash based off a regular season game. This is the preseason for them. Um, he was like, you can judge how he coaches based in the playoffs. And as we saw last year, he ran like a six or seven man rotation. And he basically said, give the ball to Kevin Grant, which is what every good coach does. It's very simple. Give the ball to the superstar. So the regular season, you can't truthfully judge Steve Nash. Yes, he's playing with rotations. And yes, there are times when he has an absolute shit show on the floor when he shouldn't, such as yesterday when there was like a lineup with Blake Griffin, Claxton, Bruce Brown. I don't even know who else is out there, but like you can never play those three together because there's just no spacing. Um, as for the rookies, I, I, like, I understand that everyone kind of fell in love with them during the COVID era, I guess you want to call it, because they played hard, they played good. But at the end of the day, the goal for the team is to win a championship, and I really don't think any of the rookies give you what you need. Like Anthony said before, the Nets need spacing, <laughs> which, sure, Cam Thomas, everyone says it's a good shooter, he can score the ball, but, but he's not a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. He needs to have the ball in his hands. Um, so I think Steve Nash, especially without Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, Patty Mills fouled out, he really didn't have a choice as to who to play. Um, my biggest gripe with Nash is that the team frequently either comes out with no energy or just plays with no energy throughout the game, and he doesn't really give any of that energy himself. He kind of just sits there and claps. And it's like, I miss when Kenny Atkinson used to get fired up, come off the bench, start screaming at people, and really get his team going, whether he get ejected, going after refs, just doing something to kind of fire up his teammates. And I've never seen that from Steve Nash. Um, yeah. Um, you want me to jump in now, or are you still going? Yeah, yeah. You can yeah, jump in. You can jump in. I guess for the Nash thing, so like when they hired Steve Nash, it was kind of like uh, we know what, what the reason was. It was a managing of stars type of thing. We know the connections with Katie and Kyrie, because obviously Harden wasn't here yet, so it really wasn't his choice. But it was it's kind of like a managing of when your team is this good, it's kind of like managing players where it's like you're kind of like taking a backseat sometimes and letting the stars take in charge. But you do also have to you're the guy that chooses who goes in the game. You're the guy that draws up plays. You're the ultimate leader in that locker room when it comes down to it. And I do think Nash does need to have more energy when it comes to like certain things. I don't know if sometimes he's trying to like play with fire and see like let his stars do that or what. Sometimes they're very flat, like you said. When it comes to like rotations, I think it's like we need to see what rotations work best. Like every year, it's kind of like this is the Nets preseason. They need to see which groups work together and which ones don't. And we have a lot of in and out of the lineup. Not like every team hasn't had that, but it just it's just something you have to like kind of mix and match. When it comes to like some of the spacing things, like I think on against the Clippers, I think, yeah, you probably should have Cam Thomas or Aldridge out there, but 
like in terms of just like having like three non-shooters out there in Benbury, James Johnson and Claxton. But at the same time, there's not really much personnel because I think Aldridge really was not giving you that spacing you need. Another was Kim Thomas. There really wasn't a lot Nash could do there. So sometimes it just comes down to lack of personnel. You're down a couple of guys. And I don't know. It's tough. I think Nash is a good coach overall. I think this year he's done much better comparatively to last year. I think he's taken a stride when it comes to that. He's one of the best point guards of all times. He obviously has great vision in terms of like what he sees in the courts. I think come playoff times, he'll make the right decisions and plug the right guys in. Because in all honesty, there's already like seven or eight guys that are locked into the rotation. Like it's going to be the big three, Joe Harris, Patty, maybe Aldridge and Claxton, and maybe like one other guy. So like it really isn't like like much competition in terms of like who else is cracking that rotation unless there's injuries, obviously. So I think right now it's just kind of getting guys the minutes and kind of just weathering the storm until you get to the playoffs. And to the rookies thing, it's like, yeah, they were fun while they were here. But like you said, like a lot of these guys are projects and meant for like cheaper options down the road for like rotational pieces. When you have like three max salaries, you kind of need some bargains like that. So I think is really what it comes down to. Because I don't really see like them having major roles the rest of this year unless we have another COVID outbreak. Yeah, with 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 Nash, it's just like it's hard at this point to really decide because when you look at his entire tenure so far, he's had the big three together for a total of like nine maybe regular season games. And he's just had to kind of plug and play a bunch of guys to fill other roles that other guys would be providing if healthy or if present. It's it's kind of. It's interesting because this year I feel like he's definitely improved a lot. He's learned how to call a timeout this year and some, and I don't even really know how to phrase it, but like it's, it, I'd say, I think it's still too, still too early to judge because in the playoffs, when we had the entire big three against the Celtics, we decimated them. It was, it was a fun show. It was, it was very, it, it looked very pleasant to watch and as far as like the rookies and cracking rotations, I kind of agree with Anthony and, and Cody. I, I just feel like I don't think that they have necessarily a place at least this year on this team. Cause I don't think any of them are providing exactly what we need at this given moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree completely, obviously. Um, another big thing that bothers me with Steve Nash and everyone that shit talks him is they never give him credit when the Nets are winning. It's always just, oh, Kevin Durant's great. Oh, James Harden had a good game, which, yes, is true. But then when Kevin Durant has a bad game, which for him is not very often, or when James Harden turns the ball over 10 times and the Nets lose, it's instantly Steve Nash is a horrible coach. Um, I just think the entire fan base as a general uses Nash as a scapegoat for whenever the Nets lose a pretty meaningless game of basketball in December, January, this was even happening in November, October. Um, It's just instantly Steve Nash sucks as a coach. It's not. And there's never any responsibility or onus put on the players who, even Kevin Durant said, we came in with a pretty effed up attitude to start the game. They kind of just thought they were going to win, which, yes, that's on the coaching staff because it's their job to get the players ready to play. But when you have a team full of veterans, it's mainly on the players themselves as well. Yeah, I think overall, like you said, like the coaches always escape going when it comes to most sports, especially like in team games like basketball. It just sucks like the way it has to be like that. But I'd rather have that than like like people thinking that questioning the person on it, they would because the Nets obviously have three max guys. But I think overall, I think Nash is doing fine so far. 
Like, I think they're going to have to just weather the storm for the regular regular season, hopefully you get into the playoffs healthy. Because last year, I'm sorry, if I don't like to say we were gonna, the teams are going to win or my favorite teams are going to win, but I know at least <laughs> damn sure when the Nets at least had two of their three stars fully healthy, I'm not counting game six and seven James Harden. I'm sorry, that just wasn't James Harden. They are, we're going to steamroll Milwaukee. I don't see them losing to Atlanta. Maybe they lose to Phoenix if they don't have all their guys back, if Harden's half there and Kyrie doesn't play. I don't know. But they at least get to the finals. And I think Steve Nash was pretty good with his rotations in the playoffs when it came to that, that uh, Celtic series and that Buck series, if we're going to be completely honest. Yeah, going going back to what Cody said about how, like, he's been used as a scapegoat basically all season, even going back to, like, November. I could see why people were pissed off early in the season when we're losing games and Bruce Brown doesn't sniff the floor, but Javon Carter gets right. 20 minutes. Like, yeah, I could see fair. that. Like, that. that's fair. Like, we know what Bruce gives us, and I was even angry at Nash earlier in the year for doing that because it's like, it's like, come on, this guy stinks. Like, put in Bruce. He's great. But, like, now, like, he's – I don't see what he's doing wrong that everybody's all annoyed about. Like you said, he's the scapegoat when one of the stars has a bad game, when he doesn't necessarily uh, determine how many times James Harden's going to get pickpocketed. Like, it's not – it's not his fault nor his problem. That's just he he implements a strategy and for the most part it seems to be working. We have what, eleven losses? Like we gotta relax a little bit. First time the Nets lost back to back games all year. Yeah. Right. Thanks. And that's that's like you gotta factor in. Eddie was saying this on in the Twitter spaces. He was like, he got thrown in the beginning of the season, right before he started, he lost his second or third best player, Carrier League. Um, then he loses Joe Harris, which is the Mets' best or second best shooter, with Patty Mills. Um, and then even in the beginning, he had James Harden, who didn't look like James Harden until he came back from COVID. And yet the Nets were still winning games. They were winning games when they had half their team out with COVID. They were winning games when James Harden was having 10 turnovers. Um, they were winning games when Joe Harris wasn't shooting the ball well when he was playing. So, like, it's not like the Nets are just horrible and it's like, oh, Steve Nash sucks as a coach. That's why they're losing games. There's a lot of other factors that are going on around the team that are why the Nets lose some of these games. And, sure, Nash is one of the factors. Like I said, I didn't love his rotations against the Clippers, but what was he going to do? He had no one that could shoot, like – as soon as Kevin Durant even said, when Patty Mills went out, the Clippers players were screaming, they're down to two shooters. And we saw it. They all sucked into the paint. They double-teamed Kevin Durant. They left James Johnson wide open for a three. What is he going to do? Put in Cam Thomas, who's a rookie that's shooting 22% from three this year? They're like, he had no options to put out there. Everyone was mad that Claxton wasn't playing, but that's just another player that can't shoot the ball at all. So, like, would that have made a difference? Maybe defensively, but James Johnson has been pretty damn good defensively all season. Uh, I want to put this into a perspective and see what you guys think. Yeah, of course. Take any other team in the league and take away their third and fourth highest players on the team. Take them out for six weeks. Are any of them doing as well as the Nets are doing? Hmm. Um, I got to think. But maybe I mean, Golden you can State. Look at, I, was gonna I say, mean, yeah, for, you can look yeah, at Golden like, State. Like some of the deeper teams in the league, yes, which we are also. But I'm saying for the most part, I'd say out of the 30 teams, 25 of them would not be doing as well as we are. 
I'd say less, honestly. I'd say a little like us, Golden State, and maybe like Phoenix. Right, but even with Golden State, look what happened. They didn't have Draymond. They scored like 30 points the entire game. Steph Curry looked horrible. Now, granted, yeah. they're also out Clay, of course, and I think they're out Jordan Poole as well. So it's a little more, but still, the Nets, the Nets lost that game at the end when they also didn't have Patty Mills because he fouled out. Say yeah. they're without their two best spot up shooters, their best. I would honestly say Kyrie Irving is their best ISO player on the Nets. Not the best player, but the best player in isolation, which, like Anthony said, the Nets have been doing way too much this year. And then LaMarcus Aldridge was missing his shots yesterday. Um, Obviously, Bruce Brown can't shoot. Um, Embry has been very inconsistent. And then everyone was just calling for Steve Nash to throw out rookies when they weren't playing all game. And it was, I don't know, it's just frustrating to me when there's issues to solve within a team that can be solved and everyone just says, no, it's the coach. It's not the team. It's the coach. They really should just put Paul Millsap out there. That's That that was what it was, honestly. <laughs> oh, I just did not realize. <laughs> oh, man. I know you mentioned I, the third and fourth best player thing. I'm actually just curious. So, like, I think this year a lot of people would have, beginning the year would have said it was Kyrie. Who is the second best player in the Nets? Do you guys think Harden's better or Kyrie? I know it's like a little off topic. I'm just curious what you guys think. Uh, I I'd still take James Harden over Kyrie Irving right now. See, if you were to ask me last year if I would rather have Kevin Durant with Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant with James Harden, I would have said Kyrie Irving. I just think we're even kind of seeing it this year. I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just mesh together better. I just – I don't know, man. James Harden, like, he's great. He's putting up great numbers since COVID, but he just – he holds the ball, and he goes nowhere when he holds the ball. Even at the end of the game, when they had that uh, DeAndre Bembry and one off the oop, it was a great play, a great pass from James Harden. But he, he dribbled the entire shot clock out, and he was still five feet behind the three-point line. Yeah, I don't, I don't that's, like that's that. just not winning basketball. The step back three sometimes in late in games kind of are infuriating. Like, it's great when he makes them, but. It just it's not really right. good basketball to win a game. I'd rather have Kevin Durant running the ball to like the mid range and taking a jump shot over someone he's like five inches taller than. Yes, I mean, don't get me wrong, James Harden. I'm not knocking him at all. He is. I think he's been a top ten player since he's come back from COVID. Like he's been amazing. But Kyrie just gives you that different factor of he's quicker. He makes when he makes a move, he makes it quicker. He doesn't dribble 300 times between his leg and the top of the key and then go nowhere with it. He's if probably Kyrie's the best finisher in the league. Right. Um, if yeah. Kyrie's doing a move, he's doing it with a purpose. Even when he comes off a screen, like I want to see James Harden split double teams more often and get downhill. He did it a couple times, but he's still not doing it enough in my opinion. And it really pisses me off when James Harden has a wide open three off the catch and he won't take it. Like I don't understand. He likes the dribbling. I don't know. I don't, aside from that, you guys are really excited to see Kyrie back now. I'm just thinking about it, just picturing him <laughs> playing. I feel like it's been such a dream like all year that it seems like it's not real. So I'm just excited to get yeah. him back. Um, I guess let's just go into Sean Marks' burner question a little more. Um, thoughts on Patty versus Joe in the starting lineup? I think you keep Joe in the lineup and then you put Patty on the bench. I think him and Aldridge have good chemistry. And I think. I don't know, I just feel like it makes more sense in terms of, like, Patty's dribbling ability. At least you have another ball handler in the second unit. I don't think you need two ball handlers when you have the Joe's shooting. So I think Patty's in the starting lineup for shooting purposes, not for his ball handling. But if you can get Joe in there, it kind of, like, it offsets the shooting, and then you have another ball handler with the second guys. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Joe has to start over Patty just because it gives you it gives you that shot creation in the second unit. If you're sticking Joe in the second unit and having Patty in the starting lineup, I don't see how I don't I think Patty is way more effective playing alongside the second unit rather than playing next to Kyrie Irving, Joe, uh, uh, James Harden and Kevin Durant. It's just there's not enough shots to go around in that lineup for Patty Mills. So it makes more sense for Joe to be there. And I mean, regardless, both of them are going to be playing close to 30 minutes a night anyway. So it doesn't really matter. They're all going to be playing with the stars at different times. So it's it uh, it doesn't really matter, but I, I'd still stick Joe in the starting lineup. I agree. Um, and I think whoever is shooting the ball better that night is going to be the one that's in the closing lineup because they're both tremendous shooters, but obviously we've seen them both go through stretches of not shooting the ball well, which every NBA player does. That's another thing that drives me insane. I was seeing people slander Patty Mills when he shot one of eight, and it was like, bro, like, are you kidding me? He had one bad shooting game. Like, someone tweeted at me, oh, you guys all crowned Patty Mills too early. He's not that great. And I was like, dude, like, you obviously don't know basketball. <laughs> I, I, he, I think he's one who could definitely use a night off. He's one who could definitely – like, I yeah. we need to get to the point where, like, we're able to give him that night off first, which should be soon. Right. Like an away game probably when Kyrie's, like, integrated fully. Yeah, maybe against like a Pacers team that's pretty short-handed. Huh. I don't know if we do it one day because Kyrie will get the minutes, minutes, minutes restriction. Sorry, but when yeah. we have the three and four, I think we have like a stretch after like these next two away games, like that are like a week apart, where we have like a like seven out of nine on the road. I think he could squeeze one in there somewhere. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then by then, Kyrie should be like back, back. I also just want to throw out one more thing with kind of that like Harden-Irving debate. Um, I think Steve Nash realizes that Kyrie and Kevin Durant play better together than Harden and Durant, and that's why he was running the rotation last year, how he was, where obviously they all started, but then Harden would come out, Kyrie and Durant would play together, and then Harden would come back in by himself and kind of run that second unit. Because that's when you want James Harden to kind of kill the clock more, get his other guys involved when you don't have Kevin Durant and Kyrie on the floor and you can let them rest. But when you have Durant on the floor, you want to get as many offensive possessions and shot up, shots up as possible. Um, it does no good to run the clock down and play slow. Can't wait to see 7-Eleven back in action. <laughs> I know. Plus, I mean, I they're, they're just, those two are just always in sync. Like, you look at the pictures, they're always just doing the same thing. Like, they're on a bench or walking around. It's kind of crazy. They're the perfect match, though. They're both, like, very weird guys, like, off the court. <laughs> they're, like, habits and stuff. So, it's going to – I feel like it's just a match made in heaven, honestly. I agree. I, I was, like, sometimes, like, I'll see what they post, and I'm just like, huh, like, what do you say when a teammate, like, does that like you just pretend like it's normal or Katie likes every one of his Instagram photos. I always look, see like people like Kyrie's photos, and it always has easy. Yeah, I'm yeah just saying. Just... they got that bond. Yeah, yeah, for sure. nice romance. Anything else you guys want to talk about with either regarding Nash? I mean, we've talked about rotations a lot in the past. Um, I think we all kind of agreed on the rotations when everyone's healthy. But when you're missing two guys that are going to play 30-plus minutes when you're fully healthy, obviously everything is completely different, which is kind of what Steve Nash has been dealing with. And then I even said before, 
when the COVID thing that we're going to have more experiments because Steve Nash is going to have to try to figure out now that everyone's back, what lineups are going to work together. And Eddie said it. What was that? Do we know when Harris is going to be back? I know it's like still up in the air, right? Um, he's been and doing they say like he shooting. Started, yeah. yeah, he's been doing shooting drills and like very light conditioning, but he hasn't been any contact or any like actual practice stuff yet. He's just been doing workouts by himself. If I had to guess, like maybe like two weeks before the All Star break. Yeah, I think so. yeah, probably something like that. Just, just like, to, like we just have to pick games now, right? Weapon. I think so. I mean. Trades? I think that's you guys jump in any trades, or I mean, I don't really think the Nets are gonna go too crazy in trades. They might try to, like we said, maybe swing a Bruce Brown type of player for another shooter, but it's gonna be tough for them to make any trades. Maybe a buyout. They Basically, the only thing they need to add to this team is shooting, because if they lose Joe Harris or Patty Mills, then they really don't have that knockdown catch and shoot kind of guy, which is very crucial playing alongside three great isolation players. They have the mid-level exception, I know, from the Spencer Dinwiddie trade. I don't know right. if they actually use it, to be honest. It's, it's difficult hard. to use because you could only combine it with picks, and obviously the Nets don't really have picks. We traded four of them for DeAndre Jordan to get off the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't Sorry. want to talk about that. That was funny. That one, uh, um, yeah. Money. Sorry. <laughs> let's look at the week ahead. Um, so I've decided to throw a new wrinkle into this. Um Whoever has the most wins at the time is going to go first with their picks. And then, oh, wow. It's like a disadvantage of being the best. <laughs> a disadvantage of being the best. I see how it is. So I can pick kind of contrarian so I can catch up to you, clown. So, with that being said, Anthony, <laughs> we got Grizzlies, Pacers, Bucks, Spurs. We're doing this. We're, we're doing the Sunday game. Let's do, I think we should only do the first two. First because two. We'll, okay. de- we'll definitely be meeting again before Friday. So, that's fair. Yeah, because then we'll probably like know like if there's like, injuries and stuff. Hopefully not, but and more yeah. it, it Kyrie clarity. Um, so it's Grizzlies and then Pacers. Yeah, what about yeah, Anthony's it, picking? It, Anthony's picking both games. If these games were inversed, I probably actually might have gave us a loss against Memphis, but I don't see us losing three in a row. So I'm gonna give us two wins. Surprisingly, surprisingly, <laughs> <That'd be> great. <laughs> I really would have probably got lost Memphis because Memphis has been hot. And I just feel like we always lose to the Grizzlies. I don't know if you remember last year. We got, I think we got swept by Memphis in one of those games. Like they had like nobody playing, and we just like lost very bad, embarrassingly. Yeah, so a little win-win. Win-win for Anthony. No freaking surprise. Have you picked a loss since we started doing this? I'm actually curious. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think he's I picked. Think... I think he's picked one. Did he? I think you got it right too. I think I might have actually. I think you're right. I forgot which one it was, though. Which <laughs> it was like a game that we were supposed to win for sure. It might have been the Heat. Uh, I think it was the Houston game, actually. It might have been, actually. You might be right. On Maybe. That. I'm not sure. All right. Uh, I'll go. I'll take a loss against the Grizzlies and I will take a win against the Pacers because after the Grizzlies lost, we are going to rush Kyrie Irving back and he is going to play on Wednesday. You just offsetted your prediction of him not playing Wednesday. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> no, I can't be held at fault either way now. He has <laughs> Oh man, I, mean, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think I he's gonna. Listen. I don't know. I'm I'm throwing the storyline into the universe. Here's Cody. Uh, I know Cody's gonna go win loss now because he wants to uh, try to get. Nah, bro. I'm not picking a loss against Indiana. I'm telling you that much right now. Like picking a win there. 
I'm trying to think of what I want to do with the Grizzlies. I think John Morant has been absolutely hooping. And like I said before, the Nets struggle with guards. I honestly just don't know off the top of my head who they have out with COVID. So I'm trying to look that up. That's why I'm delaying. They don't really have – I mean, they do have some oh, no, they, do. they have a lot they of They have guys. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks I know is out. Ooh, Kyle Anderson's out. I don't know who John Kyle Kyle is. Yeah. Anthony Menton's out. Culver is a game-time decision. Zaire Williams a game-time decision. How are these guys game-time decisions with COVID? Like, is it like, <laughs> they could test COVID out. Now? They could uh, test out, but then the team has to decide, all right, are they going to play or no? Got it, got it. So they still have Jaron Jackson, Stephen Adams, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark. All right, I'm gonna pick a win for the Grizzlies, unfortunately, just because. So and that's why awesome. a... me and you have the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think Here Memphis is kind of. Kind of just, you, you're just trying to gain somehow on Anthony. I gotta catch Anthony before. Actually, I do have to catch Joe before I can worry about Anthony. Yeah, I so we're gonna. I am picking the Pacers. <laughs> you're going Pacers. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not. Pay- I'm not oh, I was going to say, lost, lost, a four-game losing streak, yikes. <laughs> no, I don't want to be that down. I mean, I know I missed my game against the Sixers, and I'm pretty upset about it still, but I'm not that depressed yet. Jeez. <laughs> you guys want to make a win. bold take for the week? or I'm down. I say <laughs> Kyrie Irving, if he plays more than 20 minutes, is going to drop at least 25 points. All right, my bold prediction is Kyrie does not play. <laughs> I hate you. Wow. You know what, Cody? You know what, Cody? Joe is Joe is wished bad on Patty Mills and Kyrie Irving with this one point guard in the team he hasn't said about. So I think we know where he stands. True. No, I'm just trying to counteract as much as I can, so I can't be held at fault. All right, you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm going to take this out of Joe's playbook. I'm going to go with the Nets go 4 0 this week. <laughs> <laughs> the Nets go 4 0. Wait, who's the Friday game um, again? Oh, the Bucks. Jesus. Uh, the oh, Bucks. Let me take a walk with that one. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> we'll All see. right, that's the show. <laughs> yeah, I can't even talk right now. That was a good ending, though. I liked it. We got some good energy going, especially from Joe. Oh, man. <laughs> Joe runs a hoodie Jevon Carter account. <laughs> if one of those exists, I feel terrible for that person. That's just, that's just like you want to be the first guy there. Uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I guess I guess that's all we have, right? <laughs> Cody, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't even talk after what he just went through. Um, <laughs> So, as always, if you listen this long, I don't know why you listen to the next episode, but we hope you do. <laughs> um, please tweet at us. Ask us questions. We love kind of going through the questions. Um, comment your feedback on Steve Nash now that you kind of settled down from the embarrassing loss to the Clippers. Look at it more from like a basketball book as opposed to just a fan take is what I would say. And, and as always. Once they block Joe. True, bro. If, all right. I also got to end with this. If Kyrie Irving doesn't play or Patty Mills goes into COVID protocols, we will record an episode without Joe just because he's bad luck. <laughs> we're just going to, we're going to blackmail. We're going to suspend him a game. Yeah, Joe's <laughs> going out a game without pay, without 
any kind of interaction with us. Like, I'll even block him on Twitter for that day. That we you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna Antonio Brown me. Oh Jesus! <laughs> or Kevin Porter Jr. Me. I'm surprised Cody didn't tweet. Oh, what's it called? The the media thinks Kyrie Irving what is what Antonio Brown is. I thought he was gonna tweet it, to be honest. Well, I was gonna, but someone beat me to it, and like, I netcast do that did it. Netcast did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, netcast did it. I don't do that copycat stuff. So <laughs> I've been called out on it before, but like, bro, like, I don't do that. If I tweet the same thing as you, it's because I don't see what you tweet. Just want to throw it out there. But anyways, thanks for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. Once again, this is your host Cody Mallory, joined by Anthony Dittmar and Joe Farrow. Please like, subscribe, comment, tweet at us, interact, and let's go Nets. We will be back hopefully middle of the week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.